So this is how crazy the market's currently getting right now. As I'm preparing for this second segment in today's segment of podcast, I'm compiling the last few things I want to be able to talk about. And all of a sudden there's breaking news from Amazon with how they gave about $400,000 to a conservative network against antitrust bills or something like that along those lines. And I'm thinking, okay, that's something we'll have to report later because this is kind of what I'm into. Well, I want to talk about that later, but I, I have what I would need to talk about currently right now. And I already have my thoughts processed on what I want to be able to talk about. And then right as I'm clicking to record this podcast, there's new breaking news where Joe Biden is now talking about a chip company who's being able to build chips here in the United States. You know, Wall Street's getting a little too excited now these days. They are. Uh, it's Micron, by the way, for the chip company. Wall Street's getting excited again, okay? What I've noticed since doing this podcast is when things are slow, there's not as much being written about because obviously businesses are not, they're not putting as much money into investments and all that. And so I'm starting to think, I'm not 100% sure because I still believe that we're kind of like in this awkward, are we in a recession or not stage? I mean, to me, it feels like it, but it seems like the steam is picking up a little bit on wall street. It's like that meme. I had told you guys the other day on the podcast where they're screaming, bye, 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 bye. And that might be wall street in the making right now. But anyways, some of the news articles we need to talk about on this segment of this podcast, Microsoft executive says gaming is somewhat resilient to economic weakness. Microsoft is speaking up again after reporting a very disappointing earnings. So they must know something that we need to be able to cover today. Then there's also news from Shopify. Shopify shares pop 18% on smaller than expected loss. And what does that mean for the e-commerce world in the making currently right now? Then we got some fun news with Elon Musk. And in fact, the majority of this podcast towards the end is going to be talking about Elon Musk in general because Elon Musk has some news about Twitter. And we need to be able to talk about it from him walking into Twitter's headquarters to him what he's saying, what Twitter needs to become, and what potentially is going to happen come Friday when Twitter, with Twitter stock by Friday. So with that being said, I have to remind you all, like I do at the beginning of each podcast, I am not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about in this podcast is for information purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing in any company as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please also know that your professional advisor would know things a lot more about your financial situation than I would, as I legally cannot give you any financial advice in any way, shape, or form. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes for those who wish to listen. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Microsoft executive says gaming is somewhat resilient to economy weakness. From CNBC, Microsoft's head of gaming said Wednesday that the video games can stand up to economic weakness, even though the software maker expects slower pickups in some parts of its business targeting consumers. Rising prices and interest rates have inspired investors to hurry up and find pockets of financial markets that can hold up in a downturn. Gaming remains a high priority for Microsoft, with the company working to close to $68.7 billion acquisition of publisher Activision Blizzard. Other parts of technology might be at risk in a recession. Alphabet and Meta platforms still derive most of their revenue from advertising, with the form still relying on internet search and the latter on social media. Patrick Lowe, CEO of the network hardware maker Netgear, which reported a 14% annualized revenue decline on Wednesday, said in a statement that there were challenging macroeconomic environment for the consumers. Microsoft is more diverse than those companies, 
Although earlier this week, executives said a re- exposure to consumers would hurt sales in its current quarter of sales operating system licenses, Surface PCs, and advertising on properties such as Bing and LinkedIn. During the quarter, the company expects to sign up more subscribers to its Xbox Game Pass service, which provides unlimited access to hundreds of video games. Amy Hood, its chief financial, told analysis on the conference call on Tuesday, gaming revenue should decline in the low to mid-teens percentage range because of strong growth in a year ago quarter that saw introductions of first-party games, Hood said. Phil Spencer, CEO of Microsoft Gaming, sounded optimistic about the prospects of the unit. Quote, it proves over years as times of economic uncertainty for families and gaming is somewhat resilient in those issues. He said that the Wall Street Journal and Wall Street Tech Live conference in Laguna Beach, California. Not everyone shares Spencer's view. The video game, and this is a quote, by the way, the quote, the video game industry has been, has, has never been recession proof, but the line gets brought out every time the R word is mentioned. Matt Piscott. Catella, executive director at Video Game Industry Adv- Advisor at Market Research NPD Group, wrote in July tweet. Piers Hardling Rolls, research director at Research Amper Analysis, had made similar comments. Quote, after two years of huge expansion, the games market is poised to hand back a little bit of growth in 2022 as multiple factors combine to undermine performance, he told CNBC in July. But Spencer can point to Microsoft's own experience with recessions as evidence for his claim. In 2008, during the global financial crisis, Microsoft cut prices of Xbox consoles in various markets as the public became interested in the Nintendo Wii. It turned out to be the numerical on the console side and our best holiday and our best calendar year in the history of Xbox, said Roby Batch, president of Microsoft Entertainment and Devices Unit at the time. You know, the gaming industry, in all honesty is probably the most interesting segment, okay? And the only reason I am currently saying that is gaming kind of is a recession-proof if you think about it, okay? I want you to think about this. Look at your iPhone right now or Android, whatever device you're using right now. Maybe you're using a Microsoft tablet or you're using an iPad, okay? Do you have some type of game on there? Probably, okay? When we get bored, what's the first thing we do? Some people will pull out their phones and just play games. I know young people do because they they have games on their phones. I also know some people, some adults would probably get bored and just play some games. Okay. What I also need to bring up too with gaming too. I mean, you might not get as much revenue from the gaming side of things, but there are streamers on YouTube whose entire livelihood is to play the most recent game out there. Okay. And they get millions of views. Now, granted, these are people that are watching and they could be watching for hundreds of reasons. Maybe someone just wants to see what the game's like, and then they determine if it's worth their time and money to buy it. Or maybe it's, they uh, just want to watch it so they don't have to waste their own time playing the game. I mean, in all reality, what Microsoft, Microsoft and these gaming companies should do is they should consider having like a, a sponsorship with, these YouTube channel people, especially like if a big game is coming out, okay? And if like the bigger the name on the YouTube channel, the more likely you're going to get more revenue coming in from these people, okay? I mean, maybe they already are working with them. I don't know at the end of the day. But gaming, at least in my opinion, is somewhat recession-proof. Not 100%, okay? But it is somewhat. I will say this. I I do have an experience I have to talk about in this podcast. For those of you who have followed this podcast for a while, you know I worked at Target, And I remember once, (laughs) and 
I, I really hope that the, the guy who remembers this story is currently listening to this right now. But I remember once at Target, I was, I think I was on either my lunch break or I was, I was doing something at Target. I can't remember the full details on that end. But I remember as I was sitting there, one of my buddies at Target came up to me and he said, hey, uh, I'm about ready to get the Nintendo Switch. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, like you... You spend you're gonna spend your entire paycheck to get the Nintendo Switch. And he's like, Yeah. And I was like, okay, you do you, man. People are gonna do what they want to do at the end of the day. But that story sticks out in my mind that people would, especially at the time, the Nintendo Switch was so popular that it was really hard to find. But I'll never forget that story just by the fact that his face was just so happy and excited because he was gonna get the Nintendo Switch even though he was using two works, two weeks of paid in order to get it. So yeah, it's kind of funny that that's happening currently right now. But yeah, I do believe the video game sector in some way is somewhat recession-proof. Not by a whole lot, but it should be. Not financial advice, obviously. Continuing on, Shopify shares pop 18% on smaller than expected loss. Shares of Shopify jumped 18% after the e-commerce company reported earnings that beat Wall Street revenue estimates and a narrower than expected loss for the third quarter. Loss per share. Loss of $0.02 cents adjusted. Loss of $0.07 cents expected by analysis. Revenue is $1.37 billion versus the $1.33 billion expected, according to Refinitiv. Revenue is up 22% from the same quarter last year, but Shopify said that the strong U.S. dollar weighed on its sales. Last quarter, Shopify said in 2022 will be more of a transition year in which the e-commerce has largely reset to the pre-COVID trend line and is now pressured by persistent high inflation. The company saw booming growth during the pandemic when its stock hit new highs as retailers sought out its services to sell products online. Shopify forecasts that its operating expensive growth rate will subsequently decelerate in the current fourth quarter relative to the third quarter gross uh, merchandise volume or the total volume of merchandise sold on the platform rose 11% to 46.2 billion in the third quarter. That's an increase of 4.4 billion over the third quarter of 2021. Quote, I think that's being missed you, correction. Quote, I think that what's being missed is Shopify is a great reopening story. If you look at Shopify's point of sale, physical retail of GMV gross merchants volume is up 35% on the year. Harley, uh, Finkenstein, Shopify's president, told CNBC Squawk on the Street. We're taking a lot of share away from the traditional point of sale, physical retail commerce platform, and they're coming to us as well. So I think our job now is to explain to the world, to investors, to everyone that Shopify is the future of commerce wherever that happens. This is the first quarter to include the results from the company's acquisition of delivery and e-commerce shipping company. Quote, in Q3, we delivered around a solid quarter of GMV, revenue and gross product, dollar growth against the high inflationary environment. From an operational perspective, we we recalibrated our organizational structure, successfully rolled out a new uh, compensation framework and began integrating delivery into Shopify. Said Amy Shapiro, correction, Amy Shapiro, Shopify CFO. You know, I like Shopify. I do. Not financial advice, but Shopify to me might be the future. And the only reason I say that is what's nice about Shopify when you're at least on it, because I have in in past work experiences, I have worked behind the scenes on Shopify. What's nice about Shopify is you're able to make your, your business, like your small business, be able to have like somewhat of a website behind it. And honestly, I mean, it's not like Amazon where if you look at Amazon, 
Like literally that's how their back end looks too. Like it's you, if you look for a product, what you see on the product side of Amazon is literally like what you see in the back end too. But what's nice about Shopify is at least Shopify, you can customize your company's website and be able to sell items on Shopify. And it looks like your own website. Okay. I think one day Amazon's going to get to that point. I mean, I'm not hundred percent sure on how they're going to do that, but Shopify, at least for the time being, there potentially might be future growth because you're able to customize a website. And I think that's a huge deal going forward because eventually people are going to start shopping on companies' websites, especially if there's like this trend going where people are like, oh, I only shop at small business, small businesses, and I don't want to invest in big corporations. I mean, granted, there's still going to be people who are going to invest in big or buy stuff on big corporation websites, but you can't make it as can't make it as personal. Shopify allows you to be able to do that. This isn't Shopify doesn't sponsor this channel unless Shopify wants to. Then we, by all means, let's talk Shopify. But at least currently, right now, I think Shopify will be the future in some way, shape, or form. I just don't know when that's going to kick in because, like I said, personal website. It's, a, it's kind of a game changer in e-commerce in the making. So on to the next thing with Elon Musk. Now, <laughs> Elon, I think is a really, really funny person by far, especially with this one right here, okay? From the tech industry and from CNBC, Elon Musk carried a sink into Twitter on Wednesday a, as deal nears close. I don't get why Elon carried a sink into Twitter. I mean... Uh, we'll get into that in a second, maybe why, but it was pretty funny looking at the video, okay? From CNBC, with just a few more days left to complete his acquisition of Twitter and stave off a new court date, billionaire Elon Musk walked into the company's San Francisco office on Wednesday with what appeared to be a porcelain bathroom sink in hands. Entering Twitter's head queue, he says, let that sink in, the Tesla and SpaceX CEO tweeted in the video of his entrance. So he's making a joke saying, let that sink in. I mean, it's the ultimate dad joke in the making. But I also think too that maybe he's also making a pun saying like, we're going to clean up clean up the sinks here. We're going to clean up the kitchen or something along the sinks with cleaning. I mean, it was just the funniest thing in the world seeing him hold a kitchen sink walking into Twitter. Like, I wonder what if his mind, like as he was driving to Twitter's headquarters, he was like, let's go buy a sink. Like, who does that? Continuing on, a person at the company confirmed to CNBC that Elon was visiting today and noted that there were some internal concerns about what will happen to the people on the foreign work visas. This person, who declined to be named discussing internal matters, said that the employees are trying to keep working despite all the attention being paid to the deal and despite reports that Musk could gut the place with massive layoffs. Some employees say they feel like he, if he buys it, he can burn it all down if he wants to. Yes, he can. Okay. You know, this is one of those arguments where I've heard people say like, well, big businesses can, they can kick whoever they want off on platforms and all that stuff. And if that's the same, if you're telling me that, then he can fire everyone if he wants to as well. It's his company now in the making. Continuing on as his staff in the office got a brief heads up about the visit according to the email shared by reporters from CNN and Bloomberg. The sender whom Bloomberg identified as chief uh, correction, as identifies as Twitter's chief marketing officer, Leslie Berland, wrote that Musk would be in the office this week, meeting with folks, walking the halls, and continuing to dine in on the important work you all do. If you are in San Francisco and see him around, say hi. The email also said the employees would hear directly from Musk on Friday. A Twitter, spoke, a Twitter spokesperson declined to comment on the report on or on Musk's tweet. 
earlier Musk changed his description of the social media services where he had more than 110 million followers to chief twit. <laughs> Another dad joke from Elon Musk. Good for him. It says here, last thing, it says Musk has until 5 p.m. Eastern time on Friday to complete his deal to buy Twitter or again face the proposition of going to trial. Okay. And like I said, for the longest time, Elon Musk was going to complete this deal no matter what. At least that was my opinion back then. And now it's finally happening. Now, I have reported earlier this week that there was a chance that the the U.S. government was going to get involved and potentially cancel the deal. I don't see that happening at this point. I mean, it would have to be like extreme last second for it to not happen. Okay. But this is where I find things interesting of what Elon is currently saying. Okay. From Twitter and the tech sector from CNBC, Twitter cannot be a free-for-all hellscape, Musk tells advisors, okay? On the eve of his deadline to acquire Twitter to avoid a new court date, billionaire Elon Musk sought to assure advertisers that platform wouldn't turn into a place that was too unsavory to spend their dollars. Quote, Twitter obviously cannot be a free-for-all hellscape where anything can be with no consequences. Musk wrote in a message to on Twitter. He posted his words, Dear Twitter advertisers. The statement pushes back on the fear most progressives have expressed that a Musk-run Twitter would become overrun by hate speech and misinformation since Musk has said he would pull back the content moderation. Musk told advertisers in the note that most of the speculation about why he bought the platform has been wrong. Quote, the reason I acquired Twitter is because it is important to the future of civilization to have common digital town square, where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in a healthy manner without resorting to violence, he wrote. There is currently a great danger that social media will splinter into far right wing and left far left wing echo chambers that generate more hate and divide our society. Musk added that he did not buy Twitter to make more money. I did it to try to help humanity whom I love. Musk is... Musk said Twitter should be a platform that both follows the laws of the land and is warm and welcoming to all, where you can choose your desired experience according to your preferences. The Wall Street Journal reported Thursday that many advertisers are concerned about Musk's speculative plans to scale back content moderation and potential conflicts of interest with auto advertising since he is the CEO of Tesla. Some advertisers even feared he would remove advertising from the platform, although the journal reported. But Musk expressed confidence in advertising, saying that advertising, when done right, can delight and entertain and inform you. Fundamentally, Twitter aspires to be a more respected advertising platform in the world that strengthens your brand and grows your enterprise, Musk added. You know, I didn't think of that. I mean, I don't see him being like, oh, I'm not going to allow this ad from this car company to be on here. I mean, he does love free speech in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, he's going to make a lot of changes to Twitter. Okay. I don't know what he is going to do exactly. There's been reports that he's going to lay off about 75% of the workforce, which would be extremely interesting if he did that, because the question becomes who he's going to get rid of at the end of the day. What person on the totem pole is he going to get rid of? Is it going to be based off political beliefs or is it going to be based off of, do they actually provide value to the company? Now I expect a lawsuit to come saying like, Elon Musk fired me because of my political beliefs. And in reality, Musk is just going to say, no, because we didn't need your services anymore. I could see that happening, okay? But what I also find extremely interesting too, starting this Friday, okay, from Rudder's Twitter shares to be suspended on New York Stock Exchange as Musk nears takeover. Shares will be suspended from trading on Friday, the New York Stock Exchange website showed, as the billionaire Elon Musk faces a court order October 28th deadline to close his $44 billion deal to buy the social media company. Like, 
Twitter is now being taken off the New York Stock Exchange. That's an interesting situation in the making. Twitter is now going to be gone, which means there's going to be a lot of changes happening in Twitter potentially. I mean, maybe nothing does happen, but it says here, continuing on with the report, says Rudders reported on Tuesday that equity investors, including, and then they name all of them, one of them's like Qatar Investments and Authority and others, have received lawsuit paperwork for financial commitment from Musk lawyers. The deal completion would mark an end to the lawsuit by Twitter, which along with investors now expects the deal to be completed on its original terms at $54.20. Twitter shares were up about 1% at $53.94 in early trading on Thursday. And this is the stock has surged 65% from a four-month low hit in July. You know, if you look up what's going on with Twitter right now, there's like other headlines you can read. Like one of them says like, uh, Elon, like obviously there's the one we read where it says Elon Musk cared to sink into Twitter's headquarters and says Elon Musk is in Twitter's office and will address staff Friday, meaning he's going to talk about what's going to happen. Then CNN's reporting that's like, see Elon walk into there. And then AP News is reporting from three weeks ago is the deal back on. But at the end of the day, this deal's happening. Okay. And where Twitter goes from this point is unknown. I mean, like I said, I expect I expect Twitter to become a platform soon where there's more free speech. I expect Twitter to become a potential successful company under Elon Musk. And all honestly, don't be surprised if if you're on Twitter soon, if any of you are still on Twitter, and you might see more ads thrown towards you for whatever products or services a company is trying to reach out to you. Because I think we have reported in the past too in this podcast that Twitter was not allowing a lot of political ads onto their platforms. And obviously it's a little too late to be having political ads with the midterms coming up in two weeks, or maybe it was a week now. It's coming up real fast. That's all I know. November 8th, if I'm not mistaken. But... Maybe come next election, the next presidential election, maybe we're going to start seeing more ads again on Twitter. Maybe Twitter starts to become reborn. Maybe Twitter becomes a place where you can express thought and opinion. I mean, I do expect some crazy people to still be on Twitter and be like, no, my opinion is what matters and I'm offended by what you have to say. I mean, so be it. That's how things are going to be. But Twitter, I think, is going to start making a lot of money. Now, something I am thinking about right now too, maybe one reason Elon is buying Twitter is to have some type of revenue source coming in for Tesla because maybe he's going to take the profits from Twitter. Obviously, for a while, he might throw it back into Twitter. Elon Musk is pretty good at that from if you look at his past history, like when he started PayPal and then he threw all that money from PayPal into Tesla and then he threw the Tesla money into SpaceX and all that stuff. He's pretty good at throwing that, throwing money around where it needs to be thrown around. So I expect him to throw money into Twitter for a bit to grow it. But maybe in time, he's just going to end up taking those extra profits and be able to help Tesla. Or maybe SpaceX. Maybe SpaceX is his end goal too at the end of the day. Get more money into SpaceX. Maybe, maybe one reason he's going to continue with Twitter is to fund the Starlink project that's happening over Ukraine. I don't know. We can speculate on a lot of things, but... Like I said, I do expect a lot to change. I personally believe too, if you are listening to this podcast and if you're applying for jobs in the future, I also believe that that's going to be part of the social media part of your jobs in the future. For those of you who are social media content creators, you're going to see on there saying you have to be able to know how to advertise on Twitter because Twitter might become the next thing. It's hard to tell. There's so many options that Elon can take with Twitter. Who knows what's going to be at the end of the day, but... As of right now, 
this deal's coming through. Some people aren't happy about it. Some people are happy. Well, the only thing I'm curious about is what's Elon going to do about it at the end of the day? Is Elon going to make it more profitable? Or is he going to do his own thing with it? Hard to tell. I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this segment of this podcast. With that being said, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this podcast. So we'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street, like we had talked about at the beginning with the breaking news. And that's something we hope to cover in our next podcast segment. I also ask that you continue to share with friends or family. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast, thank you so much for sharing with friends or family. I am starting to see the starting to see our podcast get out there. But please continue to keep sharing with friends or family as it just helps continue to grow this podcast. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.